Someday we'll come to and in. 
I'm shouting up here. Boy, that's good. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm glad that when everything is gone and done away with, that I'll still cling to that cross. I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary this morning. It changed my life. It's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you, choir. Thank you for the good singing today. There's no doubt the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And he's moving in a mighty, mighty way. Thank you for your faithfulness, dedication, something I want you to make sure is on your calendar. The last Sunday of this month, we will start our revival services. We'll go through the next Wednesday. You want to be here for this Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. You say, that's a lot of church. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I need it. And this is a special service we do at least one time a year to just get motivated to be stirred within our spirit about the things of God. And there's no doubt that God has a plan for us this that Sunday and that week. So be here for this. Be in prayer for Brother Nathan Llewellyn as God begins to prepare his heart for these sermons. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. <clears throat> Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Have your blessings upon it. Bless this message. Give me the power and the strength that I need to preach this message the way you designed it. And dear God, as we look at this sermon today, we always ask, what do you expect from us? And Lord, we just read that you expect faithfulness from us. 
Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful, but we can't be faithful on our own. We can only be faithful through the strength that we find in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that souls will be saved today. I pray as saved people that we will be drawn closer to you. And Lord, that we will be found faithful as your stewards. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on this subject this morning. What's required of a steward? What's required of a steward? A steward is one who manages the affairs of the master's household. The Greek word that Paul used to describe this steward, this is a servant of the master's house. But he isn't just of like every other servant. He is the servant above servants. This is a servant that is in a leadership role. This is a servant that is in a leadership role in the home. He's not on the same level with the other servants but he is still under the master. He is still, his entire life is involved in the master's work. This man has been put in charge of the master's house. And he has the responsibility of taking care of the affairs of the master's house. Understand today as Christians that we are placed in the kingdom of God to be stewards. I'm not the master you're not the master. Jesus is the master of the house. This is his kingdom. This is his house. This is his service. This is all about him. He has placed us as stewards within his kingdom. Each, every single one of us this morning has the responsibility of being a steward of what God has given us in this life as it pertains to his kingdom, as it pertains to our relationship with him. Child of God, you're not just a child of God. You are to be a steward. You have been placed in God's kingdom strategically. God's on his throne and he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's doing when he places us within his kingdom to fulfill his way, to fulfill his will and everything in his kingdom in our life. God knows what he's doing. I don't always understand how he places us, but his thoughts are above my thoughts. His ways are above my ways. But I am where I'm supposed to be. You are where you're supposed to be and we have been put at our within his kingdom and we are to be stewards at our post and we have a requirement as stewards and how we are handling the business of God in our lives so what is it that is required of a steward number one is to be faithful it's very simple here notice what he said in verse one let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God our faithfulness to our responsibility in the Lord's kingdom is going to be accounted for now notice what Paul said let a man so account of us go back to verse go down to verse three but with me it is very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment now, in verse 1, he calls attention to the account of other people and their definition and how we live our life for Jesus. But then he said it plays a part, but it's not a major part. I'm not concerned with everything that man says about me, but I do live a life so that when men look at me, that Jesus Christ can be honored and glorified. 
I love what he said, let a man so account of us. Now if you go back in chapter 3, he's talking to the church at Corinth that had their priorities messed up. He starts in verse 12 of chapter 3, talking about what we build our life with, things that will last on the other end of eternity, things that we waste in this world, and he's getting on to them because they had all of their priorities messed up, and they were invested in things that one day is going to be burnt slap up and then he turns in chapter 4 and verse 1 and said let a man so account of us he's getting on to them for the waste that they have in their life and then he said look at my life now he's not doing this to brag on himself he's doing this to brag on Jesus and he said I'm not saying that I got it all figured out but I'm saying this you are being wasteful in your life but look at my life Look at how I'm living it for the Lord. Give account of what I've done for Jesus Christ. Give account of how I live my life in the post that God has placed me at. Wherever you are in God's kingdom, as a Sunday school teacher, as a preacher, as a teacher, as a singer, wherever your post is, you need to be found faithful. And you will give an account on how you are doing your job. You will give an account to your brothers and sisters in Christ. People see your faithfulness to the Lord. They see how you are as a steward of God. But what did Paul say? Paul said, I'm not really worried about everything that man says about me. The thing that he worried about the most is what God thought about him. He said, let a man so account. He said, yes, men will account for my life, but most of all, God will. And I will answer to God for how I handled the positions that he gave me within his kingdom. There's coming a day you will answer to God for the place and the things that he give you in his kingdom, whether you wasted them or whether you were faithful in your post within God's kingdom. You will give an account. So what's required? He said it very simple, faithfulness. Notice what he said in verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. What does God expect from me, preacher? He wants you to be faithful. God has placed you within his kingdom. You have a personal relationship with him. You need to study your Bible. You need to pray. You need to worship. You need to serve him. You need to find a place within his kingdom of service so that you can serve him and do everything in your life to bring him honor and glory. And when you do it, you need to do it faithfully. God is not asking for perfection. He's not asking for greatness. He's not asking for the most talented people. He is simply asking for faithfulness. He is asking you to not necessarily just be the best at everything you do, but He is simply asking you to do it till He calls you home. He is asking you to be faithful. And you say, Preacher, I don't have any talents. I can't do this and I can't do that. What does He require of me? He requires that we would be found faithful. Do you know why I believe, uh, Brother B. Buddy, why so many people respect your mama and her knowledge that she has in the Word of God? And it's not because of her knowledge in the Word of God, but it was because of her faithfulness in her knowledge to the Word of God. It's one thing to have all of this knowledge and another thing to sit back and never use it for the Lord. But we often talk about her because she used it faithfully 
in God's kingdom. The other day I went to a funeral service in West Monroe, Louisiana to one of the last charter members of the church I grew up in, Miss Gay Temple, one of the most faithful ladies that I've ever seen in my life. And I was talking about this with my mom last night. And I sat there, and 55 years this church has been going on, and I looked there in the funeral service, and there was people sitting all over the place that used to be so faithful to, to that church, so faithful in their relationship with God, and so many of them had fell out of their relationship with God. But here was Miss Gay Temple in that casket. Every time the doors was open, Gay Temple was going to be there if she could. No matter what was going on in the church, no matter what was, no matter what the trial was, Miss Gay held on. This woman was faithful. And I began to look around at all the people who give up on God, who gave up on their relationship with God, who, who allowed the trials of the church and allowed the trials of life to push them away from their post. But this woman remained faithful at her post until God was done with her. And I'll tell you what, there's something to account for when you can look at somebody and say, you know what, you can say what you want to about them, but they are faithful. Say what you want to about Norman Higginbotham, but Brother Norman, you've been faithful. Say what you want to about anybody, but let me tell you something, there is something to be said for faithfulness. And I said this not long ago, but in the ministry, I got it all messed up, Brother Hayden. I thought the success in ministry was about how many revivals you preached. I thought it was uh, how big of a church you pastored and how many souls you led to the Lord and how many people you baptized. And man, I did everything I could to do all of that. Preach revivals, win souls to the Lord. Praise God, and that has its place. But that's not success in the ministry. Do you know what success in the ministry is? It's waking up tomorrow, doing what God has called me to do. There's 15 of us preachers that started in our class, and three of the 15 are preaching today. Three of the 15, 12 of 15 preachers left their post. And I'm telling you, the hardest thing to do in life is to stay at my post. God's not asking for perfection. He's not asking for greatness. He's asking you to stay at your post. He's asking you to do all you can where He has placed you with the things that He has given you. Child of God, hold on. Stay at your post. Don't give in. Don't get discouraged. Don't throw in the white towel. Hold on. Stay at your post. How long, preacher? Till Jesus comes and gets you. You stay there till He comes and gets you. You stay there through the trials. You stay Stay there through the temptations. You stay there when nobody else is there. Whoo! It's easy to go somewhere when everybody's all excited and everybody's going there. It's easy to go to promised land right now. The church house is full. But what about if we're the only ones left? Child of God, hold on. Get at your post. Stay at your post. And you stay there till Jesus comes. And don't you let a preacher move you. <laughs> Don't you let a deacon move you. Don't you let a church trial move you. You don't let the devil move you. You get at your post, you stay there, and you be faithful. You be faithful. Hey, he's not asking for perfection. He's asking you to be unmovable. He's asking you to be steadfast in the post in which he placed you. How do we do it? We get our focus right. What do we need to focus on? His kingdom. His kingdom. 
Jesus said, but seek you first the kingdom of his... His kingdom and His righteousness. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. His kingdom must be above your kingdom. If you're going to stay at your post and at your place, you must put His kingdom above your kingdom. That must be your focus in life is the kingdom of God. Preacher, I've got three kids. I've got to pay bills. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. The rest of that verse says, and the rest shall be added unto you. If you put the kingdom of God first in your life, God will provide for your kingdom. The more you focus on His kingdom, the more He'll take care of your kingdom. You don't focus on your kingdom. You let God take care of your kingdom. Child of God, listen. We're not a lost person that wakes up every single day focused on building our kingdom and building our kingdom. If you do that as a child of God, your kingdom will suffer. Because we're not like lost men. We must put the kingdom of God first. And the greater His kingdom is in our lives, the greater our kingdom will be in our life. When you focus on His kingdom... He'll focus on your kingdom. But preacher, i got to do this, i got to do this, and i got to pay bills, and this has got to be done. You worry about the kingdom of God, and the rest shall be added unto you. I love to explain how I've paid every bill, but I can't. I would love to explain how we have managed everything that we have, but I can't. But I can say this, it came from the Lord. Because when you focus on His kingdom, He'll take care of your kingdom. And it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always add up right at the end of the month. Man, I look at it sometimes, I'm like, how in the world do we do that? Oh, by the way, it wasn't we that did that. It's He that did that. When we focus on His kingdom. Now look in Haggai chapter 1. If you're with me, say amen. Haggai chapter 1, Israel has been back in the promised land for some time. They have came from Babylonian captivity. And the Lord sent the prophet Haggai to them. And they've been there. They've, God has blessed them. And he begins to give an account of what they have done with the things of God. So what are we required of a steward? Number one, to be faithful. Number two, to consider our ways. Haggai chapter 1 verse 3 says, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, to put it in a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is waste, and run every man unto his own house. What was he dealing with? He was dealing with a bunch of people that had not been found faithful as stewards. God had blessed them beyond measure. He brought them home from Babylon. He had restored them, give them everything that you could imagine, and they were doing it all to build up their kingdom and not his kingdom. Notice what it said over here in verse 4. You have a house, but I don't have a house. 
I provided and gave you everything so you can build your house, but you've yet to build my house. Notice what he said in verse 6. You have so much. You have so much going on in your life. You are so busy doing. You have all of this going on, all this family, all these functions, everything. You are sowing tons. What does that mean? You're busy. You're a busy people. Boy, I think that could apply for us, couldn't it? Yeah. You have sown much. You're working every single day. It's not that these people were being lazy. They were sowing much. Now, notice what it said. You eat. They have plenty of food to eat. I think if you looked around, you'll see we have plenty of food to eat around here. This bunch likes to eat, right? You know what that is? That's a blessing of God. God has provided for us. We have food to eat. We have drink. He said, you drink. God has blessed us with the food on our tables, the things that we drink. But notice what he said. Ye clothe you. They had all the clothes they needed. I think if we went through our closets today, we could clothe everybody in Ashley County. Isn't it amazing how many clothes we have? Hadn't God been good to us? And he that earneth wages. Isn't it a blessing to be able to earn wages? Isn't it a blessing to be able to go get a job and work? Man, I tell you what, men and ladies, there's nothing more fulfilling than getting up and doing a day's work and going and earning wages for your family. He said, y'all are, are clothed. I have provided jobs for y'all. Y'all have houses that I've provided for. Y'all have got it all. Man, this is a short time. They've been back, and God has blessed them beyond measure. I think if we stop for a minute, we can say that God has blessed us. God has been good to us. But here's the question. How have you handled what God has given you? He's given you clothes. He's given you food. He's given you houses. He's given you finances. He's given you jobs. But how much are you using it for His kingdom rather than your kingdom? And everything they had been given, they were using it to exalt themselves and not exalt the Lord. Everything that God had done, they were using it to lift up and exalt who they were rather than who God was. God said, I've given you all of this. Hadn't God been good to us? But here's the problem. There was a lot of waste in their life. They wasted the things that God had done for their own kingdom. And you know what was going to happen one day? Their own kingdom was going to be destroyed and burn up. And everything they had worked for was going to be gone. But what you have within the kingdom of God will last for all of eternity. Y'all hear me? Don't fall asleep on me. Y'all stay awake now. Look at me. All right, I'm with you, buddy. God's given us clothes. God's given us finances. God has given us families. God has given us time. God has given us talents. How are we using it for the kingdom of God? I wonder how much of what God has given us we're using for ourselves and not for Him. When you use it for yourself, you are wasting the things of God in your life. Those people wasted so much. And we are wasting so much today. God has been so good to us. And everything that we do, it seems like that it's all about us. That's called wasteful. God has given me time. And I ought to use it for His kingdom. You say, preacher, I don't have enough time. You better be careful because He can make some time for you. 
I have finances and I can tithe and give back to the Lord. You say, preacher, I can't afford to tithe. Well, that means you've never tithed before. Because you ever tithe before, you know you can't afford not to tithe. God has blessed you with finances. All He's asking for 10% of it. Boy, it got quiet. <laughs> Wasting what God has given us. When you give it back to Him, it wasn't mine to begin with. It's all His. I wouldn't have anything without Him. He's provided every bit of it. And He's saying, listen, just use some of it. Just use some of it for my honor and my glory and my kingdom. I've given you time. I've given you tithes. I've given you talent. I've given you all this talent. What are you doing with it? Man, you can sing and you can teach and you can do this. And y'all know, man, I can't play the radio without breaking it. Man, God did not give me the gift of singing. But Miss V, you wait till I get to glory land. I'm going to sing. Woo! Man, it's going to be pretty. But my talent's not singing right now. But it's preaching. That's what God's called me to do. And I've got to use it for His honor and glory. Every talent and every time and everything that God's given me, I must use it for His kingdom. If not, I'm wasting away what God has blessed me with. Are you wasting the blessings of God? Do you know why we allow our blessings become our burdens when we're not using our blessings for His kingdom? And if you're not using your blessings for His kingdom, then your blessings are going to become your burden. Because God will judge you. And He said, I've given you all of this. And I've given you this time. And I've given you this talent. And I've given you this money. And you wouldn't even consider me. You know what he said? Consider your ways. Evaluate. What are you spending? What are you doing in your life? Consider the ways, but then consider what we must be doing. What did he say? Go build my house. He didn't give any strict instructions. He didn't go in detail, but in one verse he simply said, Go build my kingdom. Quit focusing on your kingdom and go build my kingdom. Now notice what he said. Go down verse 14. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Hosadach, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. We're required to be faithful. We're required to consider our ways and we're required to stay stirred over His kingdom. They have failed. They were wasting away the things of God. So what did God do? He stirred them. What does that mean? He convicted them. He convicted their hearts and their souls about what they've been doing in their life. Let me tell you something. If it doesn't stir you when you fail God, something's wrong. When it doesn't stir within your heart and soul that you have wasted the things of God in your life, something is wrong. When you can go, when you can go do anything else but go to church and it doesn't bother you, something's wrong. I know the preacher's going to get on you. But more than that, the Holy Spirit ought to get on you. And the preacher ought not have to worry about preaching because the Spirit of God is doing that already. And if it doesn't stir you up, when you're wasting away the things in your life, when you ought to be doing it for God's honor and glory, if it doesn't stir you, something is wrong. 
when you can continue living a lifestyle outside of the will of God and it doesn't move you, something is wrong. When you have made commitments to the Lord and His kingdom and you have failed at those commitments and it doesn't bother you, something is wrong. It ought to stir you to see the house of God lie waste. It ought to stir you to see God's kingdom suffering. When all of our kingdoms are flourishing, let me tell you something, His kingdom ought to look better than our kingdom. His kingdom ought to be above our kingdom. I'm telling you, it ought to stir us up when the church house looks worse than our own house. Oh, it ought to stir us up when we are giving and doing for everybody but not for Jesus. It ought to move us. And the Bible said that He stirred them up. Man, y'all get so mad at me sometimes. But y'all are so forgiving. But I don't care. I love you. But man, we all got God we got to answer to. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Y'all are the busiest people I've ever seen in my life. Last week we got in men's meeting. I said, well, how are y'all? Mr. Jimmy Stale said, tired. We're tired. We're working in God's kingdom. I'm telling you, our church is doing a wonderful job. You're doing a wonderful job. we got more people in crossover than we've ever had. we got people building this church. Brother Jimmy, it's been amazing. But we must continue to be stirred. Don't get so tired, don't get so comfortable that you leave your post, stay at your post, and stay stirred. The only way that I can remain here as pastor of my post, Brother Hayden, if I can continue to be stirred, ought to be stirred over the things of promised land. If anybody's concerned about the affairs of promised land, Missionary Baptist Church, it ought to be me, and it ought to be you. I must stay stirred over the souls of our community. Ought to be stirred up. When I look at all these people God has put in our life, Miss V, that's lost, dying, and going to hell and needs a Savior, it ought to stir me to see their lost nature. It ought to move me to stay at my post and keep preaching the gospel. My goodness. Miss Geraldine, you stay at your post. You've been teaching them little kids for years. I'm telling you, i got some little ones that know the gospel because of you. You stay at your post. And don't you let anybody tell you different. Amen? Stay at your post. Little Blaine, where are you? Stay at your post. Thank you for finding a post. Thank you for finding a place. You stay there. We're not asking for perfection. We're asking you to stay there. Stay there. Brother Chuck, somebody's got to care for our kids. Somebody's got to lead our WANA program. God put you there. He's not asking you to be the best commander. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to be faithful. That's all He's asking. And for you to be stirred over where He's placed you. Stay there. Miss Denise, stay there. Brother Rodney, stay there. People look at Promised Land and they say, Wow, man, y'all were awesome. You know why we're awesome? Because our people's awesome. And they are at their post doing their job. 
God has blessed us beyond measure. And as long as we stay at our post and we stay stirred over what God is doing, God's going to continue to work. Maybe you had not found your post yet. It's time to find that place. It's time to get there and it's time to stay there. A child of God, maybe you're struggling. You say, preacher, I want to walk away so bad. Every day I'm tempted to walk away. And as I said, it's not about revivals. It's not about meetings. It's not about positions. Miss V, it's about waking up tomorrow, putting on my clothes, and going to preach the gospel another day. That's what it's all about. It's not about look at me. It's not about flash. It's not about fuzz. It's not about any of that. It's about staying at your post, getting in there, going through the grind. Man, we're counted as sheep to the slaughter every single day. Child of God, get some unction to you and stay at your post. And let's keep on going for the honor and glory of God. And I tell you, we've seen souls saved here at Promised Land. Man, it's been good to see God work. I'm going to say it where y'all amen at this time. It's been good to see God work. But He's not done. If you stay at your post, we'll continue to see His kingdom enlarge. Just stay at your post. It takes everybody. It takes everybody. The ears, the fingers, the toes, the knees. It takes the whole body in their place. Being stirred over what God has called us to do.